welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show I am joined by Ezra Zanton for a game of Ezra's Guide to Magic or Otherwise Significant Objects. Ezra's Guide is a one to two player role playing game about creating magical items. Players use the very real books on their bookshelf as storytelling oracles to create interesting and vivid magical items from the top down. It was a very cool world building game that I really loved playing and getting to like build out these little world details and I really think you'll enjoy listening to the finished product. You can find more information about Ezra's Guide at Ezra Zanton, that's Ezra-S-Z-A-N-T-O-N.itch.io, or you can check the show notes for more information. Now with that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am so, so excited to be sitting down with Ezra Zanton. Ezra, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment, since this is a game of your own design, as you introduce our listeners to what we are playing this week, as well as anything else that you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Thanks. Yeah, so today we're going to be playing Ezra's Guide to Magic or Otherwise Significant Objects, which is a world-building game told through the perspective of magic things within that world. Um, And it's inspired by things like um, the One Ring from Lord of the Rings, uh, the Moving Castle in Hell's Moving Castle, or the Hand of Vecna from Dungeons and Dragons. Um, So it makes things kind of in the style of those um, magical things. I love it. I love it. It is uh, you you sent me over the game to uh, and a pitch, and I got so, so excited looking at it and reading it, and I cannot wait to dive in. I think it's got some really fun and interesting uh, mechanics, and I'm really excited to to get into it. So why don't we go ahead, uh, talk us through what uh, playing the game is going to look like, and then once we kind of have an idea of what we're doing, we'll, we'll kick things off and we'll make some magical items. Awesome. So this is a game that can be played as a single-player game or as a two-player game, obviously, for Party of One is a two-player game. We have two roles. So one of us will be playing the scribe, and the scribe's role is to read from the guide, which is the, the rule book, um, and record our answers, um, which in this form will be audio recording. Um, the other role is the oracle, and the oracle has the special role that they get to consult the tome. And the tome is a book that is totally external to the game, whatever book you want to choose. Um, today, I've brought a copy of A Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin that's basically falling apart, um, so that'll be fun. Uh, so sometimes the game's going to ask us to consult the tome. The oracle will open to a random page and look for a word that uh, sort of fills the space. Yeah, so in the course of play, um, we are going to be creating some number of magical objects. First, we're going to choose an archetype. So that's something like it could be a weapon or a key. And then um, we're going to choose a twist for it. And twists are things like it could be cursed or lost, uh, things like that. I love it. I'm excited. I, I, and, and, and so uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to make some items and dig things in. I have a few books in front of me. The first one that I'm going to be using, I might switch partway through the episode. I have here the DC Comics Encyclopedia. It is the Amazing. definitive guide to the characters <laughs> of the DC Universe. Uh, specifically, it is the 2004 edition, which is to say that it is about 16 years uh, out of date. And I'm excited to see how that comes up over the course of play. 
<laughs> so if readers want to follow along at home or listeners, they can uh, you know you now get know out the, their the, copy of <laughs> yeah get out go 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 to your bookshelf get out your your copy your 2004 copy of the uh, of of the DC <laughs> Comics Encyclopedia so that you have it and then we'll we'll go from there. So walk us through uh, where we start where we uh, let's go ahead and dive in. Awesome. So um, the first choice that we have is what kind of archetype we want to make. Um, so I've mentioned uh, the weapon and the key are two of them. There's also the shield. Um, the shield protects you from the dangers of the world. Or the ship, which can take you all over the world. Um, and all of these archetypes can be interpreted literally or more metaphorically. What catches your interest? Oh, also, we have to decide who's starting out as the scribe and who's starting out as the oracle. Uh, do you have a preference on which, which you would like to start as? I do not. I've played both many times. What are you excited about? Then I think I would love to start as the Oracle, have you as the scribe, and then we'll go back and forth from there. Perfect. And uh, do you have a preference for archetype? Uh, the archetype that immediately jumps out to me is the ship. I, I love making a good magical ship, and I really want to really want to dig into that. Wonderful. Okay, so I'll start with reading. Um, so the ship, a ship can take you all over the world. And our first prompt is that we're going to consult our tome for a motif of the ship. Um, for example, it could be rug, massive, swan, um, but any word that you want from your book. All right. So when I'm consulting a tome, that means I'm going to flip to a random page and find the first word that catches my eye. So I am flipping to a random page in this gigantic, really massive encyclopedia. <laughs> like, I can't emphasize exactly how large this book is. It is needlessly large. I have flipped <laughs> to page 158. and. The first word that jumps to my eye. The first word that jumps to my eye is All-Star. This is, of course, Ooh. a description of uh, Jade's first appearance in All-Star Squadron <laughs> number 25 from September 1983. Uh, All-Star is the first word that jumps into my mind. And I, 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 I want to throw out, I think as I'm, as I'm, I'm, I'm riffing on that word All-Star, I'm breaking it down and kind of pulling apart and ripping out that hyphen and playing with the idea of of all stars. And I, I kind of love that that image that stars in, the, you know, it's that it's that very childlike image that stars in the night sky are are ships carrying something right that there are Ooh. hundreds of these hundreds of these of these quite literal starships, these beaming uh, fireballs of light that are carrying things across the cosmos. That is awesome. So that dovetails really nicely into the next choice that we get to make, which is um, we choose what the ship moves through. Um, the choices are the air, the ground, the ether, the water, the space between worlds, or our own idea. Um, so, so it sounded kind of like maybe space between worlds, aether, or air. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of all of those. I kind of almost get the vibe. I'm 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 thinking about it and I'm thinking about like seeing it in my mind's eye this thing traveling between things and I almost picture it as maybe pulling on that thread a little bit and seeing where it goes. It's almost maybe the visual that I get is the ships themselves are not the stars and that almost mm. it's a it's kind of a I love a good space gate. Anytime you get a good space Ooh. gate is is my is my jam and if if the sun was literally like a gate a a gateway that you like traveled through this burning space 
and and they and like that was the space between worlds where it's all just heat and you know nuclear energy and like the the raw energy of creation is like yeah. you know and like like the ship tears you through this infinitely hot infinitely like energized space to take you to other worlds and dimensions and other planes of existence and it's all like through the stars right and so yeah. the the all-star is the is the the motif that i get about the this ship or these ships are they are designed to travel through stars to get you to the other side of the the other side of the cosmos of the plane of the multiverse of the many planes of existence it is this thing that will carry you through the stars themselves to take you to places unheard of yeah i wonder too if it's something like um like the stars are really the only like place that you can get enough energy to do what these ships do and so that's good you I sort like of that. like fly that. right into a star and then like it activates the drive and you warp or whatever it is that it does that's i i love that i love that it is and and it's this idea it's this kind of magical like science fantasy idea that like the sun in its sort of infinite cosmic quanta like uh plasma state right like that is the sun is this is this entity this matter form that is like pure creation in its own sense yeah yeah and um, I, I I get the vibe that like immersing immersing a thing in that, you know, like it's kind of like like the the idea that there is so much like energy that that you know harnessing that in a direction you can you can achieve this sort of like reality shifting thing right and that's it becomes this this weird incorrectly applied science fantasy thing of like. <laughs> By blasting into this space of pure creation, you can emerge anywhere in the cosmos. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, too, that it would be interesting if basically the direction that you enter the star is, like, very sensitive because it you basically go in a straight line through it, like, warping to wherever you're going. Mm, so mm -hmm. you have to be, like, really precise on, like, I love the that. angle that you enter it. Um, I love that. And this also goes nicely into the next prompt, which is that we choose what the ship runs on um, as like fuel or, you know, metaphorical or literal fuel. So um, the options are Titan's blood, your tears, poems, an ancient resource, a scarce resource, a creative resource, or our own idea. I almost love that. It, I mean, I almost want to say it's an ancient resource and that it is the sun itself, right? It is yeah, the stars yeah, yeah. themselves. It is that oldest thing that is the, the centerpiece of all creation that is the 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 centerpiece of of our you know unique unique piece of the cosmos is the thing that you know this this ship truly like floats on the air and then when it absorbs this energy it absorbs this energy and it takes with it and does things that it transforms this energy into a completely like new and chaotic thing yeah i i love that okay so um the last prompt in the archetype um page is that we describe how the ship looks when it's stationary and how it looks different when it's moving. Um, I've kind of been picturing this as a, like, kind of a cone shape and it, like, burrows into the sun, but I'm not attached to that. What, what do you think? Um, I, I could get down. I, 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 I can see that. I also, uh, I consulted with my tome again and I flipped to a random page. 
And this time I am not drawn so much to... I am not drawn so much to a, uh... A, 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 like, a specific shape, and so I like that cone shape. But, uh, and the words on the page are not what is jumping out to me, but... The, the, the page that I happen to flip to in this 2004 DC Comics Encyclopedia... <laughs> yes. ...is right in the middle of the P's, and very specifically, I flip to... Uh, the page is nothing but characters named various degrees of phantom. It's all <laughs> phantoms. It's all phantom characters. It is phantom lady and the phantom stranger. And so I, I picture that it is this very, I almost want to say there is a very kind of necrotic quality to it and a very kind Ooh. of like ghastly or almost like horror style aesthetic to it. And it is probably partially because all of these ships are kind of burned and worn and broken and they are all this sort of like they they exist in multiple places and they've been kind of at their almost atomic level torn apart and reassembled in other places and they have these these cones are very ominous looking they're very kind of like spectral they're maybe even partially uh translucent or partially uh like transparent like they have this sort of ghostly quality to them they they have sort of a skeleton like like you can see you can see bones and bars and burn marks and bits of them fade into the ether and appear Ooh. back out but it's this it's this picture of like like these ships are this is not gleaming bright sci-fi this is sort of a weird ghastly sort of thing that I don't think, like, implies that it's not, that it's, like, a, like, oftentimes that sort of aesthetic is applied to a thing that is, like, is, like, frowned upon or dangerous, and I don't necessarily think it's that, but I do think that, that there is an inherent danger to it, and there is sort of an inherent almost horror to it, because like you were saying, if, if we are even one degree off, we might end up, who, who even knows where, and I love that sense of, like, this is a thing that has stakes and consequences, and you know the 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 reason it is worth it is because we is because we can go anywhere else in not just our universe but any universe if we just if we if we do this just right but in doing so that means getting onto this literal ship of the dead and flying into Ooh. the sun yeah um what i'm picturing visually when you're describing that is like um you know the how like um a street will get sort of like a rainbow slick look when like oils on it yeah um i'm picturing that kind of a thing but like a little bit translucent for like the the skin of the ship and then kind of like little greebled bits um and like particles fading in and out like around it love it um sick as hell so that's what it looks like when it's stationary and we have to describe how it looks different when it's moving which i imagine like what does it look like when it is like actually driving into a sun Maybe that's when it becomes partially translucent and gets that mm. kind of rainbow slick to it. Maybe it's that maybe maybe it is even that like when they're stationary there you you see this like rusted burned damaged thing and it's only when it's really like flying into the sun that suddenly there are these like rainbow slicks fire flying off into the ether and the thing is partially translucent and it looks like this kind of like uh horrifying beautiful like magical thing that like as it is flying like takes on this whole other quality but if you were to look at it stationary you would think it was just a burned out like metal like coffin that is awesome i love that 
It's right, like so, wait till it's like wait till you see it in the air, right? Like it's this moment of like you if like it's gonna look like nothing until you but like if you see it in the right light, it is going to be a th- it's gonna be a religious experience for you. Oh yeah. I'm picturing like like the intern like being like, is that what we've been riding on? And the person who's been there a long time is just like, just you wait. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. Awesome. So that is the, the full archetype. So now we choose a twist to put on it. And these twists, um, I find work best when they are um, sort of referring to an individual one. So if there are right. multiple of these ships in the universe, we're now talking about like a specific one of them. So the options are cursed, broken, living, legendary, contested, lost, uh, a set. And a set in this case means like there's some number of them and they're all like thematically linked in some way. Mm. Um, or we could give it a name. Mm. Well, I chose the I chose the type of item, so why don't uh, you choose the twist? All right, man. A lot of these are really compelling for this. I I could see um, cursed if we go in that direction, mm-hmm. or maybe uh, living or broken. But I, I kind of like that it still maybe it's still working. So cursed or living? Uh, let's go with living. Mm, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Uh, so, um, a living object has a will of its own. Um, and do you want to try switching uh, Scribe Oracle for this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, choose how it came to be alive. Was it enchanted by a powerful practitioner? Did it used to be human? Was it so old that it developed a spirit? Did its previous owner transfer their consciousness into it? Or uh, your own idea? Yeah. Um... Okay, so one, this is like kind of going really dark, but um, the idea that these are sort of made from people in some way, like that maybe it is such a complex maneuver, or now now I'm getting into like if they're all like this, but like that it has to come from being a person before. So there's 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 a there's a there's a really dark angle to that, and there's a really kind of beautiful angle to that, and I I kind of want to posit the really beautiful angle which is like uh because because there are there are two options here i'm looking at this as like the two options that like super jumped out to me was uh uh, i i love uh transferring consciousness into it and being so old that it develops a spirit like Mm. i imagine the idea of like that it almost becomes i i love i love the phrasing of like it's made out of people and i almost love the idea that it's almost a generational thing. Like it's almost mm. like like this is the way that you pass to the next generation is you become the spirit of this ship. And so you know what I mean? Like it's this idea that like 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 when you pass through the sun enough times, like you simply start to eventually like become the kind of spirit that can guide something through the sun and eventually that just like eventually like should you choose to, and in this, in, our, in the case of our living ship, like a previous captain has chosen to, you may choose to choose to bond yourself with a ship to say, like, I am going to continue to fulfill my purpose until it is my time to leave. Yeah, that's really cool. So, like, the ship has sort of like the guardian spirits of the previous captains or, or pilots or whoever's like running the ships. Yeah, yeah, and I. I, I, cause I, and I, I kind of love this idea of, 
it's it is it is it is it is a way for you you know it is it is you do it until like it is your time to time to pass on into the sun yourself right like it is this idea that mm. like that like a spirit might hang around a ship and then one day it just might not be there anymore and like the ship will still fly but it doesn't have that sort of like it doesn't have that sort of embodiment anymore and like eventually that sort but like you know for a time it is a it, it becomes like i've left my body behind to become the spirit that the i've become the spirit that sort of rides with this with this vessel yeah so maybe it's like um not all of the ships have this but like a couple of them do where it's yeah. like or not even the same ones all the time but like a couple at a time will have something really crazy have happened or someone was really attached to them and those ships are sort of special in some way compared to the I other love ones. That. I think that's I think that's super cool. Awesome. Which brings us to our next question, which I think is really interesting, which is how do they communicate? Do they activate at strange intervals? Do they infiltrate your dreams? Do they influence your feelings? Do they speak in a long dead tongue? Do they draw or your own idea? Any of these jump out to you? Hmm. I kind of I I, I love if it's if it's the idea that certain ships and that it's not necessarily tied to a ship, I love the idea that it's kind of somewhere between dreams and feelings and strange intervals. Like it is mm. the sense of like it's simply a moment where you know, you know what I mean. Like it's I think mm. it's it's I, I vision if if there's if there's a more specific thing among those that you kind of want to jump out to you, like I kind of picture it somewhere in between those three of like. Like you have the instincts of the previous people, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You you can feel their you can kind of feel their hand on your shoulder, and the ship kind of moves in a way that reminds you of them. And it kind of is. You have dreams where you're walking with this captain, and they're giving you advice, and there. Ah, that's great. It's just kind of a presence that is among the ship that is kind of helping you to fly it. I love that. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, so what is something they crave? Do they want to be hidden away? Do they want to be wanted to be used to be destroyed? Should we consult our tome or do you have your own idea? So the two that jump out to me, one is that we go our own idea and kind of elaborate on the previous prompt and say that like it wants to protect like the people that go through this um, in the future. The other thing we could do is um, the consult your tome for just something silly like it just is really fond, like the the previous captain was really fond of donuts or something, and that I'd, <laughs> I'd love to have you consult your tome and just see what comes up because I think like I think that building on the answer that we just gave is really compelling, and I but I I could yeah, I think I'd love to just get that extra bit of inspiration. Also, you haven't gotten to consult your tome yet, and I'd like to that have you a good pull a word point. from that. Okay, so the two that stood out to me, one is marble, um which I think could be interesting in terms of like uh, maybe one ship in particular, like has been swapping out some of it's like it's supposed to be made of like a certain type of metal and they've just been swapping out for like marble pillars and stuff or uh, food. If we wanted to go that direction of like a certain type of food, um, mm. this is page 77, by the way, of a wizard of earth. if you were following along, <laughs> I love, so you mentioned silly, and I do love the sheer silliness that, like, one of the ways this ship, like, the this captain, this, this previous dweller of this ship, and this also pulls on a really fun idea, like, building on it, I've been saying captain, but, like, 
what if it's not necessarily what if it's not necessarily strictly captain and it's kind of just anybody like anybody that that loved a particular ship a particular vessel mm. and like in this case it just happens to be like a ship's cook or like a like a caretaker and so like yeah the way that this particular ship is embodied is like the food is always good like no matter what no matter what cheap <laughs> rations you brought in everything is gourmet and filling and you know people are just having dreams where they wake up and they're like oh you know what i could you i could turn this into a recipe right like i do like in some sci-fi when there's like um sort of like uh 3d printed food or something but usually yeah. it like tastes terrible it tastes like whatever like algae or fungus they use for like the nutrients but in this case somehow it's like actually really good <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's and I, I it also like b- expanding that out. I love the idea that that adds an element of kind of mystery to the to the experience of having a spirit on your ship, right? Mm. Yeah, it's this sense that like it's not always a captain, like, but if it is, it might be somebody that was famously like reckless, and so your ship becomes a little more reckless to fly. But it's just as likely that it was like like an engineer or like a like a like a chef or even like a like a member of the cleaning crew or something like it's just as likely that it is somebody that will do a will fulfill a role on this on this ship that is and whatever it is just changes an element of like what it's like to pilot this thing or to be on board this thing and you know you're it's just it's just kind of almost turns into like having another person on board in just this weird ethereal magical kind of way and and then one day like suddenly the food tastes a little bit worse but like because you've had these dreams like it's this experience of well I can make things and so it becomes an experience of like you you take on like it's 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 very kind of it's that kind of beautiful like spiritual sci-fi of like I'm giving you my gifts and passing on what I know from yeah. beyond and when now I it's leave it's, you. yeah I'm giving you the th- the tools and now go and go and do what you do yeah I love that uh, so I think that um, wraps up that um, the the ship that we've done unless we want to add another twist which we could do. Yeah, I think I'm ready to dive into a new item. I feel like we've created this really cool thing, and I kind of just want to see what else we can make. Great. I'm into it. I I think one archetype, one twist works best most of the time. I think that feels good. Like that, I feel like we, we really created a really complete thing. Yeah. And it's fun to see this game uh, produce some sci-fi. It usually yeah. ends up being fantasy stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um. So for the next archetype... I am very fond of the key. The key? Um, the Love key. It. Yeah. So the key um, opens something which is meant to be locked away. So the first prompt is that we consult our tome for a word to define the key's form. So like what actually is the key? So some examples, iron, tattoo, gravel, um, but any word we want. Do you want to consult your encyclopedia? Uh, I've actually grabbed another book. Ah. Uh, that I'm also very excited about. Uh, I have now in front of me, uh, Eggshells by Chris Charlton. It is a history of professional wrestling events held in the Tokyo Dome. Perfect. I am going to, 
I, I, so part of why, part of why I've grabbed this partially because I just, I, 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 hey, I've been meaning to read it. My wife has highly recommended it. And I was like, I should finally just like put it in front of me so that I have it. <laughs> and B, uh, I want to see, I just wanted to grab something that I think is fun and weird and is going to, is going to give me some words and inspiration that I truly like don't know where it's going to go. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, it's going to be easy if I grab a fantasy book, but if I grab this this other thing and just see what comes up, I'm excited to like see what what it gives us. Yeah, I had some during playtesting of this, some very interesting books come up. Someone used like a physics textbook. Love um, it. One person used uh, Monster Hearts, like the role playing uh, incre- game. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Uh, what am I? What am I consulting for? Right. So um, something that could be the form of the key, but of um, the choose key. A- any word you want, we can try to interpret. So there's a few words. I'm going to throw a few words out, and I'm going to. I've, I've, I've. The the page that I flip to randomly is very interesting, and it's like it's it's <laughs> uh it's a little bit odd, and I'm curious where we want to go with it so i'm going to throw you a few words and let you kind of play with it the, the page that i flipped to uh in this book is the opening to uh is the opening to a chapter uh which is specifically the page that i opened to is the card for new japan pro wrestling's wrestle kingdom 5 from january 4 <laughs> 2011 attendance 4200 and it's just <laughs> It's just the card, like it's just the lists of matches and and people in it. But there are some very interesting words here. There's kingdom. There is championship. There is uh there is mask because Mascara Dorada was on the card. So there's mask. There is thunder. Uh, what, mask, what, what words are what words? I jump think mask back? is really evocative for a key. I I, I do. Uh, now that you're saying it, like I'm feeling, I'm feeling like that is a really interesting. I want to see where that goes. Awesome. So, um, the next thing is that we choose one detail about the key. Um, so we could choose intricate patterns, deceptively simple, abnormally big, abnormally small, or our own idea. What are what are what are you feeling? Which what are, what are, which of these which of these jumps out to you? I think an intricately patterned mask is compelling to me <laughs> hmm. i just love the aesthetic of like a really well decorated mask it is one of my favorite like aesthetic things oh yeah awesome so it is an intricately patterned mask and uh the next next prompt is really the the meat of the key archetype so we choose from two lists to complete a sentence so the sentence is the key unlocks blank of blank um so the first list um, basically, like the thing, uh, it could be a crypt, uh, a spell, a secret, a vault, a heart, or our own idea. And then, um, of the shining queen, the eldest dragon, the ice lich, the abyss, the forest, or again our own idea. Um, so one from column A, one from column B here. I. I really love a mask that opens a vault. I don't know what that means, but something about that pairing just is is just, is money to me. Something is just it it it's hitting it's hitting for me in a really interesting way. Is 
a mask that unlocks a vault. Um, I am liking the vault of the abyss. Ooh, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't uh, know what the abyss a, is exactly yet. But <laughs> just a just a cool just a cool phrase, frankly. Yeah. Um. So this intricately patterned mask is a key that unlocks the vault of the abyss. So we could take this in sort of like the Dungeons and Dragons meaning of abyss as like a chaotic underrealm thing, or it could be more metaphorical, or it could be like hell or uh, space or the void or yeah. Um, maybe we can figure it out while we're answering the last question, which is um, that we describe how the key unlocks the lock when wielded by the right person with the right technique. So the thing that immediately kind of jumps out to me is uh, the op. There's, there's the obvious. I want I want to throw out what I feel like is the obvious or what is like, there's a few different kind of what I see is like obvious answers. And what I'm curious about, and I'm curious which of them jump out to you, or if you have a completely other direction, you want to take this. I almost, there's a, there's the disguise aspect, which is that you wear the mask and you are perceived to be someone or something else. Right. Then there is the idea of seeing through the mask, mm. which is like you put on the mask and suddenly you perceive things in a very specific way. Or there's the idea or like like those are the two that really like feel immediate to me. And I don't necessarily feel a like a dramatic pull towards them. But I but I like both of those. If there's one that like if there's one yeah, that yeah. feels um, immediately. Let, let me give you this. So. In terms of disguise, um, I think we it might be cool if we backed up, uh, choose a different detail, and make it abnormally big, and the mask is meant to, like, make you seem like you are some sort of god entity, or, like, demon mm. or something, but it's, like, comically big for any actual person, so you kind of have to make it a whole costume. That's super cool. I adore that. That is... Yeah, this idea that it's almost an entire costume that you're wearing to appear to be someone that can enter this vault. Yeah. What if it's like a magically accurate or, or magically convincing um, full costume of like the Prince of Hell? Love it. Like I think that's super cool. I think that's <laughs> extremely cool. Awesome. So um, wielded by the right person with the right technique. I think it's magically convincing that you look like the Prince of Hell, but you have to know all the right like mannerisms and stuff because people will be like, you know, suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that 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 idea that you have to know the mannerism and like is really fun. But like this idea that like I and I almost I, the thing that I always love is when wearing a thing like changes how the object itself looks mm. and so if you were to and i think that's also part of like part of what makes wearing this mask so so tricky is that if you were to look at it's that if you were to look at it and it was not being worn it looks like a shoddy halloween costume oh it's the act of like wearing it suddenly like it just you embody the sense of oh uh oh like, like when you wear it like it takes on such a like convincing form by nat through the the nat through the nature of of wearing the thing 
Yeah. Like it becomes it's that it's that experience of like putting a thing on and it the, the look of it changes entirely. That is amazing. So that is really suggesting to me <laughs> a couple of ideas for twists. Um one of them is uh the lost twist has an option where um basically nobody knows what it actually is and it's just like in a corner somewhere mm. <laughs> so mm. <laughs> that looks just like a regular halloween costume and like a random kid like puts it on <laughs> i love then, that i think that's wonderful yeah okay let's just do that <laughs> um okay so i'll i'll read um the lost so a lost object waits to rejoin the world um and it is a pretty short twist um we choose um where it is currently um, so the options are an abandoned home, a preserved battlefield, the bottom of a lake, river, or sea, being used as something insignificant, um, consult your tome for an idea, um, or our own idea. Um, but yeah, I think it would be really fun to have it be like in some kid's closet as like, oh yeah, like. I guess I never quite remember wearing that for Halloween, but yeah. I must have at some point. <laughs> I love it. I love that it's and it's it's it's. I get the vibe of I get the vibe that it that that's that the, a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of people, a lot of adults, a lot of people have had that experience. It it, it is it is an object that is re not relentlessly, but like. Uh, chronically, I think is the word that I want to go for. It is chronically thrown out, traded in a swap meet, mm. uh, like handed off to someone. It gets you know, like white elephant gift exchange. Yeah, like, for like it is. Times. It is. It and and it and and it makes it this sought after thing that is specifically because it it just looks like a shoddy old costume party <laughs> costume that. And and that that sense of I I love that kind of there's got to be a better descriptor for this but it's this sort of Doctor Who perception filter thing of mm. like this this shared collective memory of looking at this costume and going I don't know yeah I probably wore this like I probably yeah. wore this at some point like I don't I don't but it's too I small for me now like I would be yeah able to I could, to it. couldn't tell you what I wore it but like I probably wore this at some point and so like it's this sense of like fine if you were to seek it out like it is this it is this journey of having to seek out who traded it to who and who threw <laughs> it away who dug it out of the trash who who bought it in a yard sale who like yeah, finding yeah. this sort of like history of person to person <laughs> because like it's bounced around to all of these different places i think too there's probably like one person who knows about it and has decided that the most likely way of getting it is to just try on every costume that they see because That's they great. know that when they look at it they'll think that it, they've worn it at some point and that it's too small but they're like keep trying to fit into these costumes that are way too small for them <laughs> and it never That's works great. out <laughs> i love it um so uh the last question here is um we can choose between two different uh questions to answer uh one is we describe how it got there um and the other is we describe what it's waiting for um and we kind of just did both of those actually so maybe well, that can just be that. i want to i want to ask you the question what is this if this i think i love i love the sense the question what it's waiting for like i love this sense of 
the magical object itself having a certain sense of will. Mm. And if it has that sense of will, making, you know, that that kind of like, and then that kind of adds a really like interesting angle that I don't know the answer to. And I kind of want to float it to you and see if you have thoughts. Yeah. What is this? What is this thing waiting for? And why has it chosen to wait by planting this suggestion into people's minds of, Oh, I probably wore this costume at some point and I don't like I I'm not interested in it. Like what like it's clearly waiting kind of out in the open like among people floating from house to house. What is it? What is it? What's the what is it's like what is the object's goal in like floating from place to place? Yeah. So now that you phrase it that way, I have an idea for a very strong direction, I think. And that is that um actually this is the way that every prince of hell has ever been created. And that none of them actually started out that way. And they're somehow all imposters. And so it's waiting for the current one to be deposed or gone in some way. And at mm. that point, it'll flip its magic and someone will think, oh, I should really try that on. And then that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I, and I, I, I want to add an extra step to that. Please. Which is, I almost love. And this is peak. This is peak horror story. Is what this is. I'm mm. gonna throw. I'm gonna throw this hard into like magical horror for a hot second. Amazing. I love the idea of putting on this costume, appearing to be the prince of hell, having this moment, coming. You know, like I, I, I what I want to pitch to you, the scenario I want to pitch to you, this magical object. Mm-hmm. When the prince of hell has has died or decided to abdicate their throne <laughs> and is ready to move on. Mm-hmm. this costume appears in someone's closet oh like this is this this is this is the process by which a new prince of hell is decided and what happens is somebody somebody finds it somebody goes oh i'm gonna try this on they try it on they they take on the form of the prince of hell they are presented with the vault of the abyss they have this supernatural experience and they are finally presented with the choice of like are you taking the throne yeah and if they say no then they wake up in their bed and they go, where did I get this costume? I probably wore it at some point and then they trade it. Or they... And so <laughs> yeah, it floats yeah, and yeah. people simply have this memory of like, I probably wore this at some point, forgetting the fact that they were dragged into oh. hell and offered offered the <laughs> throne of the Prince of Hell. That is awesome. Yes, I love that. That's a really good ending for it, I think. I think that's a good, I think that's really, really very good. All right, so I think I think we've got time. I'm looking at the clock. I think we've got time for one more item. So uh, one or two, we'll see where we get. But uh, why don't you? Let's see. Is there one of the archetypes that I'm really excited? I, I'm really feeling shield. Anytime I get to pay, like shield is such an interesting thing that I'm really into. All right, I'll be the oracle for this one. All right. So, so if you want to start by reading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, a shield protects you from the dangers of this world. Uh, so, consult your tome for the motif of the shield. Uh, give us, give us the motif. Okay. Um. Hmm. I study the word summoner. Mm, so I'm gonna oh, go with that. I <laughs> summoned shield, a shield that is that is conjured. Yes. A summon shield, or it summons something to protect or you, it or summons, something like that. Uh, both cool, all cool, love them. Um, so, what do you envision uh, as the sh- the form of this shield? Is it a set of armor, a hooded cloak, an amulet or pendant, a shield or buckler, 
a pair of shoes, or your own idea? Hmm. I don't know. I You know, I think I'm feeling like a classic set of armor. Hmm. Yeah. Like Love heavy it. metal. Not heavy metal, but you know, <laughs> metal that is weighty. Um, Lo- oh, a good, like a good heavy bulky thing. Yeah, yeah. A good heavy, just like I'm um, uh, hearing you say that. The vibe that I'm getting is the aesthetic that I'm getting. And tell me if you're envisioning something different. I am visualizing not even kind of the opposite of what we were describing for the for the mask is like just big for lack of a better way to put it just big fuck off armor right like yes. a bi- like a block of iron that you wear right like a <laughs> like a cement block that you wear yes absolutely one of those ones you see in a museum and you're just like i uh, you're just like there's no there's no artistry to this and i respect that right <laughs> like it's just it's a brick <laughs> it is a br- it is a brick so uh, what does the shield protect? Your identity, your body, your mind, or your own idea? Uh, yeah, so I am interested in... I feel like identity is a little bit too close to what we just did with the mask. Um, body is a little bit too obvious, so I'm going to go with your mind somehow. And I, I don't know what that means, but I think we can figure it out. <sighs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a pitch that is that, but with the slightest pivot. Do it. So... I want you to take another look at this at this block of text because the way it's written, like there is a thing about it that like I'm staring at it and <laughs> I feel like I have I feel like it is I I feel like I have just consulted a tome and it, it using Ezra's guide. Uh huh. <laughs> so all of the other pick lists in the game have your own idea as like the thing so like you know what does the ship run on titan's blood poems <laughs> i know resources. what you're about to say <laughs> the one the way this is written is your identity your body your mind your own idea yeah <laughs> what if it is your mind but it is specifically your idea like what if it, it is protects specific- you from your own ideas <laughs> oh see i was considering the opposite where it protects oh. your idea oh uh, but also protecting you from an idea hmm. also rich <laughs> I yeah. have a, I, I kind of have a pitch for that now that I'm thinking it through. Pitch it. What if this is welding gear, but for wizards? Welding gear, but for wizards. I think you might need to elaborate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean is like, like you, you picture like a welder's mask, right? Like you are, right? you are welding metal together, but you have to put on this mm. big fuck off metal helmet. What if it's that for like magical ceremony, right? Like, what if it is this this object, this this metal shield armor thing that you wear because I am about to like pierce the veil and you know summon <laughs> extra planar things and like you know I'm about to summon the dead. What if what if being a wizard is not I can't wear armor because of game design, but it is, I have to wear this, <laughs> I have to wear this completely impractical protective suit because the things that I am conjuring are so eldritch <laughs> and massive and inconceivable that any one of them could sweep me up and destroy me. Yeah. Okay, wait, a couple of things. One is that I really like the idea of either really skinny wizards in this gigantic set of armor and they somehow have to figure out how to move it around like magically 
or really buff wizards. That's one thing. <laughs> and then that both the of those are good. I mean, I'm going like, to say both. I'm going to say both exist, right? Oh, like, yeah. I'm gonna, oh, yeah. I'm going to say, like, <laughs> you know, you get your wizards that are built like blacksmiths where they're not even buff. <laughs> they're just fucking large and they've got the they've got the belly and the arms and they are just here to fucking work. And then you've got you've got your you've got your uh I would describe them utterly lovingly as radiation suit nerds. So the the <laughs> the, 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 the the schlubs that are going to get killed in any sci-fi movie wearing these big bulky <laughs> armor suits and being like, yeah. time to open this portal. <laughs> I can picture that so precisely. <laughs> yeah. Um, that actually kind of segues into the last thing. And uh, I think that it might kind of be like covered in runes. And kind mm. of be like a magic Faraday cage almost, where it, like things would flow over it. I love that. That's cool as hell. It, it's a it's a bun- it's a bunker that you wear. It is yeah. It is it is just you know it is heavy stone and and metal that you wear on your on your person because holy shit, what is on the other side of this? Yeah, and also. I sort of had forgotten about the motif until this point, but it kind of goes with the summoning thing. Cause it, I mean, I think you probably thought about this when you pitched your idea, but like that it is required for any sort of serious summoning work to have one of these things. Cause it's just so likely that it will go wrong. And when it does, you will die unless you have one of these. Okay. So, so thinking back about that motif, I want to lean hard into one of the, the images that you pitched because I love that. What if, cause I love, I love uh, schools of magic and I love schools of magic that feel different, right? Like I'm a sucker for magic of a certain style taking a certain shape. And the idea of summoners being like just like muscle, like muscle bound and like (laughs) thick and thick and, and fat and like heavy and like bulky and muscular and like uh, just big in this kind of beautiful, amazing way. And like, that being like 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 them not being the skinny academic wizards and being like you want to find a summoner you find this big <laughs> fuck off you find this big fuck off person that like has that is wearing this like this brick and it's like yeah i'm going to open a i'm going to open a gateway to hell and bring a demon out you think i'm going to do that without wearing some armor like that that aesthetic of like that's a summoner right like yes you find your you find your scholarly wizard with a spellbook, and then you find a summoner, and they've just got like a hammer and a, and they're like, "This gate's about to open. Here we fucking go!" And they're just yes. like, "That's that's that's where this armor comes in." Yes. So, I have a pitch for the uh, twist. I realize yeah. now that I've, I think I've pitched all the twists because no, that's fine. I, I'm I totally know kind of ahead a little bit what they might be. I'm, I am, I am fine with this. So. I think it'd be really cool to have there be a limited number of these kind of like Power Ranger suits and they're different mm. colors and like they each are for summoners of different things. Mm. I love that. I think it's amazing. Okay, so I'm going to read a set. So yeah. a set of objects complete each other. So we first choose um, what is the nature of the set. Um, all the objects in the set are the same archetype but different theme. All objects in the set have the same theme, but different archetype. The objects were used by rivals and have opposite themes. The objects were used by allies and each reflects the personality of its owner. The objects were initially part of a larger object, which split apart. 
or our own idea. I I love uh so I what you were pitching I love that it's the same theme and different archetype and I love that it is yeah I love that I love that it is uh it is the thing that you are you are summoning reflects because it's got to reflect like the runes and sometimes literally the the chemical composition of the thing that you're the armor that you're making right like so if I am summoning fire elementals like I gotta have some armor that's going to Yes, magically keep me keep me safe from if they try to like trap me in a cage of lava, but also a bunch of fire is going to blow out. I need to have some armor that's going to protect me from that heat. And, you know, likewise, like and so I, I imagine that the armor it's it's the same theme, which is protecting me from whatever is going to be summoned. But but like it literally takes on the shape of whatever thing you are you are envisioning, right? Like whatever. Yeah. I, I'm whatever a big you fan are, of whatever you, whatever's coming out of that that gateway is what I have to be protected against. I think the helmets are also sort of like stylized by the thing, like like the um the the fire one or whatever, like has sort of like flames coming off yeah. the the helmet. It's red. Um, and I want to propose that they were created by seven of like the people who basically like invented summoning, or at least invented safe summoning. <laughs> um. And each of them specialized in a different thing, and they were, I, I want them to be color coded. <laughs> is that okay? yeah? Oh, okay. absolutely. I'm, 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 okay. I I am fine leaning into the Power Rangers of okay, this awesome. idea, and I I I love that. I I think it's it's wonderful. I think it is. It is it is it is very, and so the next phase is describing the other objects, and so I I kind of even want to just kind of like think about what what the different uh. So uh, this is me pulling from uh, for this is me pulling from uh, another 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 Power Rangers adjacent source, which is I'm envisioning uh, I've got big I get big bionicle vibes from the idea Mm. that like you've got your core (laughs) like the things that were invented as part of the core like piece. And then suddenly there are like 37 other like colors and. (laughs) <laughs> you know, other things that like are like, well, I need a suit for this type of summoning. And so mm. like, I think what I want to do here is talk through just like aesthetically what makes some of the different suits of armor different and like what other abilities they kind of carry with them and what sort of other protections they're wearing for different suits and kind of like play around in that space of like, this is what you this is what the suit of this type of summoning represents what protections it wields what magical properties it has etc etc yes okay so the blue one the blue Mm -hmm. one is for summoning like things that live in water including some eldritch stuff maybe and um so it has like uh water breathing built into it because you have to actually summon them like on the ocean floor usually i i get so i get such strong and this might this is this is this is this is a cliche direction to take it, but sometimes the cliche direction is the only direction that works. Oh yeah, I get such strong uh, turn of the century diving suit vibes of like that big giant dome helmet with the with the glass Ooh. in the front and the like Ooh. big giant <laughs> old ass diving suit vibe is what I get from that like from that that suit yeah. armor right yeah, like that is awesome. I am going to throw out another, uh, another, another armor reference point. In uh, I, I love that the uh, I am going to go with the. This is actually the. This is the. Um, this is the mother of pearl, suit. 
good it is <laughs> it is crafted from mother of pearl which which if you which if you if you if you if you don't know is like sort of what it's like off-white but it's got like green it's this sort of luminous gemstone color that's off-white with like a green and pink shine to it Mm. depending on where you hold it in the in the in the in the light and it is for summoning air elementals and the pseudo armor that i'm using as a reference point in my head is uh we're going close to my heart i am opening up my heart to uh one of my oldest and deepest uh emotional loves I am evoking something that is uh, deep in my heart and, and true to my my core being, <laughs> which is, of course, the 1991 Joe Johnston directed uh, Disney Pictures cinema classic The Rocketeer. <laughs> I envision this being a suit. Likewise, the one that you wear in the water, this is a suit that has this is the lightest of the suits and, I, and it's still heavy and bulky and it's still this thing. but. It's got like wing flourishes on it mm. because you kind of have to. It's got wing flourishes on it and it's got crumple zones are the two things that I'm adding to this. Because <laughs> you kind of have to summon this in the air and that means you're either crafting a, a flying spell of some sort <laughs> or you're just jumping off a high goddamn surface. And that means that you might just land before the the ritual and so it's got it's got crumple zones which which allow you to like land and and shield your fall and then it's got wing flourishes that if you're if you're flying up in a blast of of air or being shot out of a cannon or (laughs) some other ridiculousness like i imagine that that air summoning has a bit of a reputation for recklessness or daredevil isms or like it has that kind of uh, thrill seeker reputation because to yeah. do it, you have to fly through the air. And that means getting shot out of a cannon or off of some kind of elaborate fake uh, fake ballista. Like it requires yeah. being in the air. And that means wearing this heavy suit of armor in the in the air as you are trying to summon a thing that will hopefully keep you afloat in the sky. This might be a little bit morbid, but I think it'd be interesting if like. Some of the suits of armor have had like few owners, and this one has had many. This one's got owners. a lot of owners. This, is, this yeah. one, this one has been passed around. Yeah, yeah. This one's this one. For no it reason. also, there's no reason. It's just got a lot. Of, a lot of people have held on to this yeah. particular suit. Um, I also want to add. Uh, it doesn't have to be for this one necessarily, but one of them should be able to like be for summoning angels, and it might be this one. <laughs> maybe, maybe it maybe. could be. Could be. I I love so something that immediately popped into my head was a suit for and this is one of the later introduced uh armor suits. Mm-hmm. I think in this I think the color scheme for this one is I'm going to say I'm going to say almost not quite checkerboard but like um like it's a it's it's a it's it's a high contrast black and white suit of armor. Ooh with like red trim cool and it is it is it is it is the time summoning armor so it's got the aesthetic of a clock face right it's got that black and that black and white with red trim like the hands and face of a clock yeah and i'm trying to think what magical protections or what protections it has to it has hmm maybe i guess like Maybe just time summoning is really dangerous in terms of like your age can fluctuate. 
mm-hmm. and this is kind of like a a counterbalance for that or something and it's sort of like has it's like weighty in that like time dimension does that make any sense <laughs> yeah i and i think the other thing yeah i that it, it grounds you right like maybe yeah. it is maybe it is it is uh so so there's one so i've got i've got something to build off of that and then i thought of another thing that i think is very cool it's physically tethered right like Ooh. it is it is it is it grounds you in the most literal sense and that is literally tethered so that like you are forever tied to right now right like you are forever tied to this second it might actually the- be attached to a room yeah oh i love that that is amazingly cool yeah and maybe that's like the room where like if all the set were reunited it would be there because like there's mm. kind of space for all of them there but yeah. it has to be there because you know it's connected <laughs> and the other the other thing the other magical protection is it uh, it is obscuring it it like it has mm. a, a kind of a <laughs> this is a little gross but like it has a little voice box that you kind like it's got a space for your face and it's got a little voice box like a little voice distorter and it's got uh the faceplate itself is like completely mirrored so that if you're wearing it your identity is completely obscured mm. to protect against the experience of seeing yourself from the future. Whoa. So that if you, if, if by chance something were to happen, you would at least not, like, like it would at least be, you would be protected from the experience of seeing yourself and causing a paradox of knowing that you have to come back here. Yeah. You might still come back here in the cyclical nature of time travel, but like, that experience of I see where I'm going is at least nullified because anybody can be behind that suit. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly of a direction for these, so um, feel free to uh, elaborate or, or we can move on. But um, I like the idea of like one for summoning really big things or really small things of, of like that it's kind of hard to even communicate with something that's like gigantic or like the size of a planet but one of them is like for that um so you you said room and immediately my brain just started thinking about like tying these to chambers in their own way and, mm. I, and the thing that i envision is going a little bit a little bit sci-fi with it and a little bit like uh magitech with it yeah is like this is another one that's tied to a room and it is tied to I get fantasy fantasy alien from it like a uh, mm. uh, Ripley's the 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 the, the, the mech suit that, yeah the power loader from <laughs> Alien I picture it's a thing where you sit in like a little chamber or maybe it's like in true fantasy sense like you you lay in like a magical coffin or something mm. and either this gigantic suit this gigantic like summoning suit or this like microscopic sized thing like your consciousness enters it yeah and, like that is how you that is how you embody this thing right like that is how you conjure this these things on the the microverse and the macroverse yeah i like that a lot um i will say i th- when you said coffin you made me think of summoning the dead and mm. i think that that one 
might actually be like a sarcophagus or like coffin oh, yeah. shaped or something like that. I love that that one, like, there's no armor to it. It is just like a heavy lead, just a heavy lead coffin that you just lay in and then you do the ritual from inside this coffin. Yeah, yeah. And you, like, summon the ghost or, or the spirit or whatever it is. Um, and it's like that way, that way. It's, yeah, there's there's all this superstitious stuff in it, but, like, you're just laying in a coffin, waving your hands around, summoning a ghost yeah. and talking to it. <laughs> like, it's, you're talking to them as a ghost, like, it's your spirit leaves your body from inside this coffin and goes outside and has the, the communion with ghosts or whatever, but it's just, like, a, you are just full-on, like, laying in a fucking coffin. Yeah. Yeah. So, do we want any more of these, or, um, the, the I, last question here is, um... We decide what would happen if the set were reunited. I do you have a thought because I do, but I want to hear if you've got a thought first. Uh, demons were something I was thinking about, but I, I mean, it's kind of basic. I don't know. <laughs> I so my thought was along the same lines. Uh, my thought was if they were ever like fully reunited, like that's it. Like it's the end of it's the end of this plane of existence. Oh shoot! <laughs> it is <laughs> going big because every because like if they were all reunited and all put into use in the same place in the same time, like you've punctured such a considerable hole in the in the plane of existence that like mm. it simply unravels the universe. Yeah, m- maybe it's that like it's actually not that much of a problem for them to just be physically near each other, but it's a really bad idea because if people were to use them near each other simultaneously it could yeah it do that what you just said like uh, it's 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 crossing the streams in ghostbusters yes, right it's the exactly. idea of like we can do it next to each other <laughs> it's not a good idea it's not safe for the planet exactly yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's bad for the world if we were to all get together <laughs> and, and do this near each other yeah so they're, i like the idea that they're kind of like maybe they're spaced out to be as far away from each other as possible of like yeah sort of like wizards towers they're like okay there's that, the that's a great that's a great that's a great uh tie-in of like the the aesthetic of the and that also i love that also ties into the room idea of like mm. if wizards towers are tied to this is the this is the style of magic that i perform in and these are the environment this is the environment that i do it in safely if it is if it is if it is wizard's tower as magical containment as like uh as lab conditions that is just an overall like aesthetic thing that i that i'm fucking jazzed about yeah i also like the kind of implication that um there are probably like realms in this world where like people who are around the the dead summoner like they can talk to the dead pretty easily but like you know if they had to summon something in the water they'd be hard pressed you know yeah 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 yeah. incredible i think that's a great way to end i think that's i think that's it i think that's game i think that's I think we i think we cracked it this is great phenomenal had a blast <laughs> me too thanks for having me on oh absolutely thank you for uh thank you for for joining me today i am smiling ear to ear i could not be happier uh real quick before we wrap up where can people find you your work and ezra's guide uh online yeah so um i have the dubious pleasure of being the only person since the advent of the internet to be named Ezra Zantan. So it is, I'm very Googleable. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find basically everything about me, including my itch page and my Twitter. 
Um, if you Google my name, which is spelled um, Ezra, E-Z-R-A, um, and Zanton, which is S-Z-A-N-T-O-N. Um, and this game um, and other tabletop games, I also make video games. Those are all up on my itch page. And then Twitter, I tweet about, you know, random stuff. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing the show with me. This was an absolute delight. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so we can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Ezra for coming on the show. That game was amazing. Now, as I said at the top of the episode, you can find more information about Ezra's guide at Ezra Zanton. That's Ezra-S-Z-A-N-T-O-N.itch.io. Or you can check the show notes for more information. You can also follow Ezra on Twitter at EZanton. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Uh, head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. And if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a Podchaser review, a Podcast Addict review, a Spotify review. All of the, ha- the things have reviews on them and just go and leave it somewhere and it helps the show, I think. Plus, I see them and they make me happy, which is the more important thing to me. If you enjoyed this episode in particular, you should check out All My Fantasy Children. I'm just saying that outright. It is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the OneShot Podcast Network, where my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt every single episode, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about more information about the show, about coming on as a guest, about press coverage of the show, or about advertising rates, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's pretty much all we do here, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance, and as always, party on, everybody. Party on!